just trying to keep everyone up to date on evidence-based practices because medicine moves fast. This is Clinical Pearls. Maternal administration of corticosteroids is an effective therapy to reduce respiratory distress and improve neurological morbidity and mortality in the preterm newborn. This approach has become standard of care in cases of eminent or anticipated preterm delivery. However, general concern exists regarding the administration of antenatal steroids in cases of suspected intrauterine infection. Available guidelines delineate choreo as a contraindication for antenatal steroids, although the scientific basis for this recommendation remains obscure. So in this podcast, we're going to take a look at the data where steroids have been given in cases of either histological or clinical choreo and then follow those outcomes. Is this actually harmful or is it still beneficial for those newborns? Well, let's examine that data now. On September the 28th, 2020, a new article was published ahead of print in the American Journal of OBGYN. The title is Management of Clinical Choreoamnionitis, an Evidence-Based Approach. As we are taping this podcast on September the 30th, this publication is just two days old. And we're going to get to that in just a minute because it does cover choreo and the use of steroids, and tracks those outcomes. But before I get to this recent publication, I want to review an earlier publication that also helped to shed some light on the subject. Now, here's the interesting thing. This is really not new information, because back in 2010, a meta-analysis was published on the use of antenatal steroids and neonatal outcomes after chorioamnionitis. This was published in BJOG. According to the systematic review, seven observational studies were included. Yes, I know these weren't RCTs, but remember, we've got to start somewhere. In cases of histological chorioamnionitis, antenatal steroids were associated with reduced mortality, reduced respiratory distress syndrome, reduction in patent ductus arteriosus, reduction in intraventricular hemorrhage, and even severe intraventricular hemorrhage in the newborn. In clinical choreamnionitis, antenatal steroids were associated with reduced severe IVH and periventricular leukomalacia. So the authors concluded in this meta-analysis that antenatal steroids may be safe and reduce adverse neonatal outcomes after preterm birth when it's been associated with choreo. Now, I know what you're thinking. Wait, this meta-analysis included histological choreo? We don't get that information back until the child is born and the placenta is evaluated. Well, that's true. And remember that there tends to be a very poor correlation between histological choreo and cases where choreo is diagnosed clinically. But nonetheless, it actually did cover both bases because it did track those cases of histological choreo and then accounted for their status based on steroid administration and those children that had steroids administered and then later were found to have histological choreo on placental analysis still had improved outcomes. Additionally, in 2016, a separate meta-analysis and systematic review was published in PLUS ONE. In women with clinical choreo, antenatal corticosteroid therapy was not associated with significant differences in neonatal mortality, RDS, neonatal sepsis, or necrotizing enterocolitis. However, significant reductions were observed in the incidence of IVH, 
severe IVH, and periventricular leukomalacia. One study also showed a decreased need for mechanical ventilation in infants exposed to antenatal corticosteroids. But here's the catch. The quality of the evidence was graded as very low across all measured outcomes, except IVH and severe IVH, for which the evidence quality was graded as low. All right, we come back. Let's take a look at the new September 28, 2020 publication that may also help shed some light on the use of steroids in cases of suspected chorioamnionitis. Now, before we get into this new publication, a quick word about what ACOG says about this. If you actually take a look at the practice bulletin on antenatal corticosteroids for fetal lung maturity, it really doesn't mention choreo except for one place, and that's regarding the ALPS trial. Remember, the ALPS trial was the antepartum late preterm steroid study, which has now fallen into its own set of criticism because of potential issues with subsequent neurodevelopmental delay in those children who received late steroids and then went on to deliver at term. Nonetheless, ACOG states that in cases of late preterm eminent delivery, remember that's 34 to 36 weeks and 6 days, steroids are not indicated if there is chorioamnionitis in that case, but it really doesn't mention choreo in the true preterm setting. The World Health Organization does consider chorioamnionitis a strict contraindication for antenatal corticosteroids for fetal lung maturity, and that's even in the preterm infant. On September 28, 2020, the American Journal of OBGYN released an expert review titled Management of Clinical Choreo, an Evidence-Based Approach. The aim of that review was to examine the existing evidence about interventions proposed for the treatment of clinical choreo with the goal of developing an evidence-based contemporary approach for the management of the condition. The authors found that there is current evidence suggesting that the administration of antenatal corticosteroids for fetal lung maturation in patients with clinical choreo between 24 and 34 weeks of gestation and possibly even between 23 weeks and 0 days and 23 weeks and 6 days and it has an overall beneficial effect on the infant. However, as most agree, the authors go on to state that delivery should obviously not be delayed in order to complete the full course of corticosteroids or magnesium sulfate in cases under 32 weeks. Once the diagnosis of clinical choreo has been established, then delivery should be considered regardless of the gestational age. Vaginal delivery, the author state, is of course the safer option, and cesarean delivery should be reserved for the standard obstetrical indications. According to the authors, the time interval between the diagnosis of clinical choreo and delivery was not related to most adverse maternal or neonatal outcomes. But once again, the authors do make the case that steroid administration in cases of choreoamnionitis does have an overall benefit for the child between 23 weeks up to 34 weeks of gestation. The authors do go on to make the disclosure that we need good RCT level 1 evidence to finally put this case to rest. But as of now, we're stuck with mainly observational data and systematic reviews, but it is reassuring that the use of corticosteroids, even in cases of suspected choreo for the preterm newborn, does seem to have some benefit. 
All right, podcast family, that brings us to a wrap. Now, just as my personal perspective, my personal opinion, based on the data, if I had a patient under 34 weeks who I suspected had an intramniotic infection, I would, of course, get that induction of labor going unless you needed a C-section for another indication, and I would still administer anti-neurocorticosteroids, even though we're not going to delay delivery for full benefit. Why? Because the data that we have does show that anti-neurocorticosteroids does have some benefit at least for IVH, severe IVH, and periventricular leukomalacia in the preterm infant. Guys, thanks for being with us on this journey. We'll see you next time on another episode.